so this week we have the Apple event to talk about. The, the, dun, dun, the, dun. As, as Tim Cook said, the first event of 2022 for Apple, which is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll break down what happened and what we think about it. I'm excited. It was a good event, right? Like, it was, yeah. I mean, I think last week was... We obviously we did the like event summary episode, and I think we said it was going to be like relatively boring. But then, post our show going up, ninety five Mac had added exclusives. A lot of stuff was going down, and then suddenly over the weekend, the whole thing became a lot more exciting in terms of you know we're actually going to see like a brand new Mac for the very first time, which is you know incredibly rare. And we are nine to five Mac, right? Like you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I listen to other podcasts and you know hear about nine to five. It's just funny the way you said it, and uh, I, I got to see those those happening in real time, and it was really cool to see the math behind all of it, <laughs> how it all worked. Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> I guess because I wasn't specifically involved. That's why I said it. Like sure, that. I was sure. Trying to take yeah. too much credit because uh, Felipe Esposito and crew did a great a great job over there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, like the normally the the cycle is everyone hypes everything up. And then in the last three days or the last week, it's like, yeah, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Yeah, you know that cool thing, though? That's been delayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This time around, no, it was like, oh, the event's going to be okay, okay. And then the whole cool bunch of good stuff got stuck on the end of it. So, yep, yep. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, you want to jump peak, in? Yeah, peak performance. Peak um, performance. I mean, like like you were saying, we, we looked at it as the iPhone SE3, iPad Air 5, and um, MacBook pro 13 inch revision and i don't know about you but to me it was the apple display event and the silver mm-hmm. and black uh, mouse and keyboard event that were previously told with the mac pro so that's what i care about in all this of course um, you care about the key <laughs> <laughs> i i asked our colleague chance who absolutely ordered all three of those new accessories well accessories and new colors well accessories and colors that were only available for the mac pro before and uh i i asked how many times have you bought the same mouse and keyboard in a different color like, i feel like i could ask you that question you could but he still has them i always sell mine <laughs> <laughs> i still have the black magic trackpad that a very kind 95 medicine sent me several years ago at this point when when the mac pro was brand new oh yeah before you could do it on its own yeah cool. yeah, yeah before you could actually buy it separately and yeah. the crucial black lightning cable you know the actual black lightning cable with the black uh, lines in the thing, like that's so precious. Uh, someone sent it to us uh, for an Android Mac like three years ago. Got on it because they heard it on Happy Hour, and I was so grateful. And because it's so special, I still like I've never used it, but I'm keeping yeah. it because I think it's so cool. But the the lightning cable is in the drawer. If you use the white penned one, they turn black eventually. That is true. Oh, that is true. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim Cook comes out on stage, introduces the first Apple event of 2022. And jumps right into the event. And, and just for, I mean, for context, like these things are recorded in advance. I think even this time we, and last time, I think the last time there was this sort of thing where, um, it, it, it leaks when the video is being recorded. Like Apple's outside if they're doing an outside thing or they're inside and there's the camera crew. Like people notice when, when the events are being recorded. And so, you know, there was the tip a few weeks ago, I think of like the events being recorded. Um, and so, all this to say, there was, a, you know, pretty pretty good assumption that at the beginning of this spring event, um, Apple, you know, specifically Tim Cook would address the situation in Ukraine with the Russian invasion, and especially since Apple has has now you know taken action as of what, what last week, where, um, you know, they 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 don't sell in Russia right now, they don't um, have have mapping data for traffic in Ukraine. 
Um, and they like appeared to delay releasing the event invites until they'd done the big statement on the Ukraine situation. Like, yeah. like they did the Ukraine the week on the on the day we don't expect the invites to go out, and then the event invite the next day. So it was like yeah. they were clearly sitting up for it, but there was no mention. Yeah, no at mention. All. Yeah, and, and, and they've even done um, the UNICEF donation form on apple.com in the app store and everywhere that like apple services are accessible yeah i mean that's what i was expecting like tim cook's like you know we've got some great stuff to talk about but first you know obviously we the Ukrainian situation is terrible we are you know supporting with humanitarian donations all of our customers can donate here maybe sometimes they've got you know our customers already donated one million dollars you know they, they love doing that stuff uh and we hope for peace blah blah because blah. that's what i mean i feel like the march event Tim Cook's very accustomed to starting off with statements about the world situation. Because oh, isn't the precedent the iPhone SE event, the mm-hmm. original SE, and it was about that was the, the FBI the encryption, and encryption. breaking into the San Bernardino phone? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that was sort of like an Apple-specific position, but it was it was still like acknowledging something before all the other stuff. Yeah, I, I was surprised they didn't mention it. It did feel a bit not reading it right like i don't know they should have said something i feel like but. you think so? i i, I well I, I do think that they would have like needed to add it to the presentation yeah you know that, that that it would have been recorded after the rest of it was done and then it would be edited in to, to be the beginning but um, they could even do like a, it didn't have to be like tim cook on that same stage they could have done like a pre-roll thing just you know sure. ukraine solidarity donate here or something you know like a uh, like a little card but the fact they did nothing at all was a bit i don't know i didn't I, it was unexpected i'll put it that way yeah. Um, this is totally wrong, but I, I wonder if, uh, the difference is, no, this is totally wrong. But anyway, I'm going to say it. The, the difference is, is the, um, Apple addressing the FBI and encryption debate was an issue at home. And then the Ukraine thing would be, uh, having an American CEO like on, on video in the way that but he tweeted be- about it from his personal account and stuff. Like he's not just an Apple position. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking maybe maybe it could be like manipulated for propaganda, but anything could be. So yeah, you know. Anyway, I feel like they should have done something, but they didn't. Okay, yeah, they didn't do it. So what they did instead was talk about Apple TV. Yeah, well, I will say the so aside from the Ukrainian thing, he then basically his intro was we've got great announcements to share, new products and services. And I, the 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 fact that they were going to talk about some services stuff at this event wasn't crazy. It wasn't out of left field. I was like, oh, here's what's coming. Apple Classical, you know the Apple oh, Music the, Classical the music thing, yeah. The which, music which thing, which didn't happen at all. Which didn't happen at all. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like new products and services. I was like, okay, we're going to do the music classical thing, cool, right? But then they just went straight into Apple TV Plus stuff, which is <laughs> kind of bizarre. Um, and then the music thing never, never came up again. So I was like, okay, well, that's not obviously happening. But the way you introduced it, that's what I thought they were setting up for. Uh, but the classical is yet to be announced, even though we keep seeing more and more code fundings uh, referencing it. But the Apple TV Plus stuff. Uh, basically, they did a scissor reel for their original film lineup. They love talking about the award nominations they got. Apple desperately wants to get an Oscar of some kind, and they've got a couple of technical ones in very like minor categories before, but like or nominations, but they've never actually won like a full one. And this, you know, this is only their second year of eligibility, and they're on track to probably win some recognition for Coda, whether that's supporting actor. They're probably not going to win Best Picture, but they got a nomination, so they're, they're happy with it. But they want to tell the world, and you know that's why they start off this event with it. And then they did have um, a little video showing some of their new upcoming films, uh, 
Spirited, the animated film Lark, uh, Argyle, it's a spy thriller, Chacha Real Smooth, that's the one they bought from Sundance, uh, Greatest Beer Run Ever, that's the one with Zac Efron, and then Raymond and Ray featuring your favourite, uh, Ewan McGregor, who obviously you uh, loved from uh, uh, Long of, Long Way fan. Did you see Long that Disney, Disney Plus is doing a, a Star Wars film or, or show? See, it's limited series, yeah. Uh, Obi- limited One, series? Kenobi, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're taking the star from Long Way Up and they're going to do a Star Wars out of it. <laughs> I, I think if you look at the, the chronology, I think the Star <laughs> Long Way Up might have been in Star Wars first. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe not Long Way Down or the other ones. I mean, those are a long time ago. <laughs> they were a long time ago. Yeah, you know what I noticed from this sizzle, sizzle reel and all mm-hmm. the actors that were named at the end? Still no John Hamm. Mm. Nope. Yeah, no. Then Every, no everyone, but, everyone but John Hamm. Everyone but John Hamm. 19. Anyway, the films look good. We'll see what happens when they when they come out. Uh, and then the big kind of like news from the Apple TV Plus section was, was... Apple TV Plus Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's live TV. I mean, there is some live TV. Uh, Friday Night Baseball, which is Apple's first stepping stone into the world of live sports content, which, uh, happy hour listeners, we can go back about one week where Zach told me that it was complete rubbish and never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. still no football, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you're wrong on that one, mate. Sorry. Uh, well. <laughs> Indeed. I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. When they make changes in apps, it's like such a good like forehead or presage for. No, the reporting was wrong. The reporting said that the talks were in like late stages. When I think a week ago they were finalized. Yeah, so, they must have been yeah. finalized. Yeah. <laughs> what isn't finalized is the actual baseball season. That's right. Uh, the, the owners and the players are in a bit of a dispute at the moment over money. So the baseball season isn't actually starting. So the the press release for the Apple and Major League Baseball offer Friday Night Foot Baseball, it says, uh, Apple and Major League Baseball announced Friday Night Baseball, a weekly doubleheader with live pre- and post-game shows that will be available to fans in eight countries, exclusive on Apple TV+, Plus, as soon as the regular season begins. So <laughs> I guess all their contracts kick in from when the actual season starts, but uh, we don't know when that is yet. Because I think it's yeah. as of today, it's been delayed all the way through like April 14th. So... Hopefully they come to some arrangement so that this uh, initiative can actually begin. But for, for now, it's a bit of a standstill. So what what you could theoretically get on Apple TV Plus is every Friday they're going to have two games uh, of baseball that are exclusive to TV Plus, not available or shown anywhere else, including the like local broadcast networks. So there's no and there's no blackout, so the entire country can watch the same two games on Apple TV Plus. It remains to be seen, like what teams or what you know stature the games will be but apple says they're going to be marquee games so you have to expect some of the top teams will show up there once like or twice the, team, the most winningest teams probably or yeah or like the the famous ones you know the yankees and stuff like they'll presumably they'll get at least one week of the season where they're in a apple tv plus exclusive game but like if you're a fan of any particular team the likelihood is that that team will only appear in a tv plus game once or twice because they're only gonna be 50 games a season right um so and they're not it's not like following one team all the way through the year so you're still gonna have to subscribe to everything else to watch all the games but for apple's deal they get two games of not random teams but you know i mean a selection of games uh every single every single friday 
uh, like I think it's a decent start, and the fact they don't have blackouts or any of that nonsense is nice. I mean, the only way they've managed to get that is because they it's not a comprehensive deal. Like if it was uh, five hundred games, that they that stuff would have to apply because the local networks would get annoyed otherwise. But two games that aren't available anywhere else is a decent stepping stone for Apple to start, and then they have a load of other like uh, add on content, including uh mlb beginning which apparently is a show they that mlb has run before but now it'll be exclusive on apple tv plus and they have like a a archive content a 24 7 live stream with game replays and highlights so they're going to bundle a whole load of stuff uh into the apple tv plus subscription at no extra cost it's just included with the subscription yeah tv plus i've always said this is the place for baseball so (laughs) (laughs) do you watch baseball uh, I, I like to go to baseball games in person where I live in Biloxi, Mississippi. There is a minor league team. So uh, MLB is the major league baseball. We, there's also the minor league baseball um, group. And um, we have the Biloxi Shuckers and the, and the mascot is an oyster because of the Gulf Coast where I live. Uh, and um, I think that they're what we call a double A uh, level team, whatever that means. Don't know. But it, okay. I like to go to those games in person because you're around people. There's it's like happening right in front of you. The cheaps are very this the seats are very cheap. Um, you know, get a hot dog, get a beer, bring your bring your MacBook Air and work <laughs> during during work hours, whatever. Um and, and those those began uh August or excuse me, April, uh, like second week in April. So I, I actually do look forward to going to those games. Um I, it, it's a fun thing to, you know, take my kid to and mm-hmm. and you know, or just go on my own. Um I've, I don't think I've ever been to an MLB game before, but I and and watching baseball on TV, not something I often do. But I watched more football last year than usual, so um, and, and that was through Hulu Live TV, where you've got all the different channels. So mm, you know, maybe, maybe I'm sure I'll I'll turn this on sometimes. You know, it won't be. I think the part of it is that it's it's uh because it's the it's you know exclusive marquee games, not um. You know, we've got, uh, it, it would, it, you know, it would all have every single game yes. uh, that, that plays. Uh, it's, 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 it's compelling if you're a casual baseball fan and you're like baseball curious or like, you know, or, or maybe like this is where, this is where you watch your team this week because it's not anywhere else but Apple TV Plus. Um, but if you're like one of the folks who, you know, watches one team, every week or you watch a bunch of teams every week then this is this isn't you know that that compelling it's just one more channel you need to pay attention to yeah it's almost like if you if you're just following your local team now this is just like well one top for one week of the season i'm gonna pay five dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously yeah. apple's hoping that it's just an add-on to the tv plus experience yeah. right so it's a it, you know it's a more of a binding of of retention and customer enjoyment and i'm sure down the road when they do like if they get the nfl package for instance that will be like an add-on price and stuff because it'll be a much bigger investment like the uh the rumored uh deal price of this is 85 million dollars a year which if you divide by like 60 which is you know 12 months times five dollars it's only about one and a half million additional subscribers apple needs to get to sign up to actually pay for the the MLB stuff. So I think from our perspective, it'll probably work out in profitability and it gives more content for people to keep coming back to the TV app, to the TV Plus service, you know, watch the MLB game and Apple hope they'll go and watch some of the actual like TV Plus originals as well across the rest of the week. So, uh, I, you know, I think it's a decent start. The one question I do have is about advertising because I don't watch a lot of sport and I certainly don't watch a lot of baseball, but my understanding is baseball has a lot of breaks, a lot of gaps and on traditional 
you know, broadcast TV, those gaps are filled with adverts and commercials. But TV Plus is very much an anti-ad service. They don't have any ad supported here at all. So what are they going to do? Are they going to show ads? Are they not going to show ads? Are they going to show like sizzle reels for Apple content? Because they do roll, they do like pre-roll trailers, right? Or are they just going to have like constant announcers and people to like bide the time in the game? I don't know. We'll have to see. We have to see how that shakes out. Did, did you get a chance to read Jason Snell's article detailing mm-hmm. how this works? Yeah, he has, he has an update to it on sixcolors.com. Uh, it, 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 the, and it seems like this is based on probably a conversation with Apple because like right after the event, you know, we knew what we knew. And then this is much more informed than what you can see online or, or from the event. Um, and, and his update is, is about, you know, what about ad breaks? And he doesn't know, but his guess is, um, you know, showing TV plus content or promoting TV plus content, um, highlights from, from other games possibly, okay. or an NZDM reporter doing some, some light feature stories during some of the breaks. So it doesn't know, but, um, I think the rest of the piece is pretty informed by, by what I would think is like Apple on background. So, and the other thing that was interesting there is he's, he says these games won't be rebroadcast from the feed of local teams, but will be produced by MLB for Apple. Um, and, and that, that part seemed interesting to me. So yeah. yeah Cause they're, they're not available on any broad. They're, they're only streaming on TV Plus. Nowhere, they're available nowhere else. Yeah. So. Well, and I should point out the eight countries. I mean, that's a, that's a surprise because I was expecting this to be US only. But theoretically, if I want to, I can watch uh, the MLB games in the UK as well. So I'll probably try it for like once just to get the experience, you know. But I don't. I'm not a big baseball fan, so it's not a huge deal for me. But I think it's a decent stepping stone into the world of. Streaming sports for yeah. for Apple. Well, so. it, it, baseball is America's favorite pastime, but it's also a very diverse um, organization in terms of, of where the players are from too. So it's it's good that it's not just the U.S. I liked your take that uh, Apple just can't get away from Friday releases. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Friday shows, Friday films, Friday sports. Yeah, it, I don't think anybody knows this, but uh, 4K. It doesn't H- say. It HDR? doesn't say. I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine they're going to have every game in streaming in 4K just because it, it must, like, even though the local networks aren't doing the game, like, aren't actually doing the broadcast, surely they have to use the equipment that's in the local stadiums. Like, they're not going to go and buy separate equipment for every stadium for just for the Apple broadcasts, you know? So I can't imagine, I imagine it uses whatever infrastructure they have at the stadium. If if that includes 4K cameras and 4K streaming, then Apple will stream it in 4K. If not, it'll be probably like 720 or 1080. That'd be my guess, but it doesn't actually say anywhere. Yeah, it, it seems like I'm just googling during while we're talking about this, and it seems like uh, similar to the the football NFL situation that Fox is the only broadcast that does 4K HDR and is for like select events. Yeah, same, same probably based on whether the stadiums had a big technology <laughs> upgrade on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's cool, and we'll we'll. It'll be interesting, or to see how well or badly or good the actual experience is in the application. Because between the the live streaming, between the MLB uh, beginning thing, between the live the twenty four seven like historical archive and feature stream they're doing in use in Canada, they're gonna have to do a big like to do it right. They've got a lot of investment to do in presentation and stuff. So we'll we'll assess that when it actually starts. Hopefully in April, but that depends on whether the owners and the players can get a deal done. Yep, and MLB isn't NFL size, but I would I would think that there's probably smaller targets to go after from MLB. So you know other other sports, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you have to imagine. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if NBA is bigger or smaller, but you have to imagine that that Apple, you know, like Eddie Q, who's always at base, basketball games, would like love to have that. On yeah, Apple and if they, and if they're open to doing two games from one sport on a Friday, like 
I'd say the floodgates are open in terms of anything. They'll just take anything on on the sports side. Yep. Happy Hour This Week is brought to you by Babbel. Whether you want to expand your access to the world, contact foreign friends, or just want to get more engrossed and aware of foreign culture, it's always a great time to learn a new language. So why not try learning with Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions to date. All of the Babbel activities are addictively fun, fast to complete, and easy to do slowly building up your vocabulary and understanding of your desired language. Babbel teaches language lessons in bite-sized chunks for real-world use cases, so you can do it on the go in just a few minutes at a time. Uh, I signed up to try their Spanish course, and the experience is really nice. Obviously, they start simple, and then they slowly ramp up in complexity as you go along. And it's not just learning words rote. They have memory quizzes, connect-the-dot puzzles, and other kinds of interactive activities to keep you engaged. And it's rich with images, text, and audio, so you can even hear real people say the words as you learn them and can hear their pronunciation. And they even have speech recognition technology integrated into the platform to test and train your personal pronunciation and accent. Uh, Other language apps use artificial intelligence to set up their lesson plans algorithmically, but Babbel lessons were created by 100 language human experts. And as well as lessons, you can access podcasts, games, video, and even some live classes too. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. You can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, there's a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code HAPPYHOUR. That's babbel.com, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com, and use promo code HAPPYHOUR. Babbel.com, promo code HAPPYHOUR. Thanks to Babbel for sponsoring the show. That's Babbel, language for life. Thanks, Babbel. And the ad break is over, but I do want to say that I, I don't know if it's true that if you were to, to try to learn US to UK English, if you'd go from saying router to router, but I think it's I think it's the case. <laughs> Next up is the iPhone. We're into the, the product iPhone, section. iPhone event. And they, they, they kick it off with the iPhone 13 and 13 Pro, of course. Sure. Yes. Yep. I mean, well, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I kind of have more to say on the green than the SE, but uh, yeah. So they've got an iPhone 13. This is the non pro version in green. And it's like, you know. Green, forest green it isn't like the, that light, uh, kind of lighter color green, um, you know, minty green that they've done before. That's the 13. 13 mini, 13. Midnight 13. green was the, the old green, right? Yeah, midnight green was on the 11 Pro, and that was the darker green. But they've also done like a, a green 11 that was like more like an alien cut, like, a, you know, it was like more like mint, pistachio kind of green than 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 this this color. Um Alpine green is the new pro green color, and I think they're both pretty similar. You know, there's some there's some like hands on video that's going on the, the web now, but um, other than than that, just from looking at the the product shots online, like they they look pretty similar. Just kind of like you know, green. Dark yeah, green-ish. during the event, uh, I was like tweeting or whatever, and you said, "Oh," <laughs> I heard like the the green. And then I like tweeted something and they heard them say another color. So I text you. I was like, wait, what other color did they say? And oh, yeah. you're like, green. <laughs> green and green. Because, uh, yeah, I have it in my notes. The way that, that it was introduced was two new finishes. So they didn't say like two colors. They said two new finishes, uh, green and alpine green. <laughs> so, they are pretty uh, similar. Yeah, real. they're pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, the difference is, the, is you know, one's 
one's aluminum, one's stainless steel, okay, and then one's glass and one's matte glass. So that that's your difference mainly. Is the differences in the two phone materials, but uh, yeah, midnight green was the old thing. Um, and that was like the new color that year for the 11 Pro, yep. Midnight Green. This year, it, it, it's Sierra Blue, uh, which follows last year's Pacific Blue, right? Mm-hmm. That's the color? Okay. And then and, and then this time, we get a, a mid-cycle Pro color. Yeah, because last year, they did a purple iPhone 12, but no mid-cycle Pro version. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they've done um, product red mid-cycle phones before, too. Um, but but not since like the iPhone 10. So this is the first time we've got the higher end phone having a mid-cycle color uh, with with Alpine green. And it, uh, <laughs> speaking of our, our colleague Chance Miller, who likes to buy things, um, he used this new green color as a reason to buy an iPhone 13 Mini, I believe. I think he was looking for any excuse, and, and green was the reason. <laughs> yeah, still still no space green though, which I guess in space it's it's just dark. Unless it, I don't know. I think but, it's a decent color, but the greens don't do it for me. I didn't like midnight green. I don't really like these greens either. I don't like my Sierra Blue phone on its own, but I did buy the like golden brown leather Apple case for it, and now I feel like it's 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 a good color because I just see the giant camera bump, and it kind of has like a like a cowboy vibe to it that I kind of enjoy. So like denim. <laughs> so anyway, if you if you've been waiting out there holding out on an iPhone 13 purchase because it didn't come in green, you can pre-order on Friday, and they're available on March 18th. And then, and then the actual. <laughs> iPhone portion of this is the iPhone SE, which, which again, uh, not not a whole lot to say here, and I'm and I'm so glad it wasn't the bulk of the keynote because mm-hmm. it is the iPhone SE as it was rumored. Um, maybe some fewer things that might have been expected. There were even some late rumors that were just off totally. Um, but but the main thing is it has the A15 chip, so it's modern and it has 5G. Not all the 5G, but it has enough 5G to be called 5G. Yeah, it doesn't have millimeter wave. Yeah, so you you don't get that um like super fast. But in 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 hyper local places version of five G where it's like a thousand down, but but you do get the five G that you experience outside of like a special stadium, like a, a venue, like a stadium or an airport or something. So a, a millimeter wave is still U.S. only for the iPhone because outside of the U.S., all iPhone thirteen and thirteen Pros don't have the millimeter wave window on the side. So yeah, so you it's still use only feature if you have a five G phone. Like Mayo, then then yours is basically an SE, you know, version. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's basically the. I don't the have a 5G phone though. So. It's even. Yeah. It, well. <laughs> I still. I'm still on the 11 Pro. So. Uh, yeah. I'm. I've. I've been fighting the 5G lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem doing that. I just don't live in a 5G area. The uh, SE has what Apple calls an iconic glass and aluminium design because it you is that. externally. An identical design to the one from the previous year, which is basically the same as the iPhone 8, except the uh, Apple logo is in the center. Like, I don't think this has anything to do with them trying to keep a lower-end phone around with a fingerprint sensor or a home button. Like, this is just all cost-saving as much as possible, and we'll get to the cost in a second. But, like, the SE, they just need it to be as cheap as possible. Now that they give it 5G, the carriers will set like crazy, especially in developing markets. And that's what it is. Like, once they can make a full screen phone at a $400 price point, they will. I don't think the home button issue is like a, we're keeping it around to keep some people who just want a home button to buy this one because 
people that just want a home button let's they're those you know that segment of the market exists but they don't just want a phone with a home button they also want one with a big screen most of them and the se will not satisfy you in that department so yeah because it's, it's based on the iphone 8 and they they if they wanted they could do an se plus which would be based on the iphone 8 plus and they don't do that correct and there were rumors of an se plus kind of phone floating around last year right but that wasn't the iphone 8 design that was like an iphone 10r design yeah yeah we, it would be full screen with a touch id side button so obviously face id is an expensive component so they do uh side button for, uh, touch id but obviously all those rumors dissipated because what we've got is another year of the iphone 8 with an updated chip inside yeah and you've got a brand new set of colors now so have you product red product red exists but now instead of space gray, you have midnight which is i mean it always looks the same yeah and then you have starlight you know, which is she's a very silver. slight off shade of the silver yeah so but this is you can definitely tell a new one in the wild though right no 100 100 <laughs> like the shade of between silver and space gray to midnight and starlight on the se is like one percent i'd say they, they do midnight apple watches and iphones but not ipads and then they do starlight apple watches ipads and iphones it's very bizarre mixture also, don't you think it's kind of weird that they didn't, like, do another color or something? Cause, yes. Like, the SE is kind of boring. <laughs> like, this seems like the perfect candidate to be like, here's another, here's a green, or here's a purple, or, you know, like, to mix it up and to make it, it more really interesting. It really is. It really is, like, we don't want you to pay too much attention to this product. Like, this this is when you go into the store and you're like, I don't, you know, you hear people say this, I don't want the newest phone. And I don't I don't need the, the all those bells and whistles. You know, I want something different than that. And, you know... Okay, what's the what's the what's the one down from that? Oh, it's a hundred bucks cheaper. Okay, well, that's not that much cheaper. What you know, you get down to this one. It's like, well, what's the the least I can pay to have a brand new iPhone that's modern? And also, I mean, it, it is, the SC is always a pretty good pitch in the first year when it when it comes out because it is the latest chip inside. Um, initially, like the SC was also when it was based on the iPhone six S and it was the iPhone five design. You also had the latest camera in like almost all aspects, and now the camera is kind of a big drawback. You know, it it is the same chip, it is the same. You do have a twelve megapixel camera, but you don't get like night mode on it, for example, mm-hmm. and and you certainly don't have ultra wide as an option. You, you know, there's so many camera features now that um you don't get. You, you do get the the portrait style or the the photographic style where it's yep. like the like a pre you know baked in not filter but like it adjusts the colors without interfering with skin tones so. which i always think of like the i'm coming from a samsung phone and <laughs> i want the cards to be a bit more vibrant so i'm going to turn this setting on for instance yeah i i think of it as you can make your photos look more like the ones at apple.com because <laughs> those are always yeah yeah i mean to be fair like even the i do find the iphone photos are slightly too neutral a lot of the time so yeah if i had a a phone that could do photo styles, I'd probably turn one on just to make it slightly more vibrant as the default. Yeah. Base. I leave my default on like the, the vivid Samsung mode, but then there are some shots that you do where it's it's better to turn it to the high contrast mode. Uh, and, then, and then like I just don't use neutral anymore. So, um, but yeah, that, that, battery life has changed. They said it's bare battery life. It gets up to two hours more. And that's a mixture of a bigger battery, comp- like physical component, and the A15 chip is more efficient than the previous generation however i was looking at the battery stats the iphone se third generation the quoted battery life is the same as the iphone 12 mini (laughs) which is not known to be which is not known to be great for battery life so it has better battery life but 
if the standard is the iPhone 12 mini, you're not getting loads of battery life. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. So that is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a black mark on it. Uh, I always thought that the SE got really good battery life, but like, you know, in my head, I'd always had the impression that it, it did well. But looking at Apple's quoted stats, it it's an iPhone 12 mini uh, stature, which is not great. It was kind of a mini phone. You know, they don't do the, they don't do the plus side. It, it, in, in years past, like the, the larger phones had larger batteries and, and it just had more battery than it needed, the, you know, it, more battery gain than the, the power re- requirements. So um, still kind of in that camp. Uh, and, then, and, and then iPhone SE is the most affordable iPhone in the lineup. Um, but this year it's a little bit less affordable by 30 bucks. $30. It went from 399 to 429 Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. 5G. Inflation is real. That is that, that too. <laughs> So yet again, pre-orders Friday, available March 18th. Yeah. During the keynote, um, they mentioned that the, the glass is stronger. They said it's like the iPhone 13 glass, I think. And they, they meant specifically the back glass. It's the back glass, yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't have ceramic shield. Yeah. And that really confused me. You know, in our coverage, I was like, no, it's got ceramic shield. But but it's it's not because the back glass apparently isn't as strong as the front glass, even on a, a 12 or 13 phone. Um Although I don't think anyone says like ceramic shield shaved my phone from cracking. <laughs> it just makes it scratchy. Um, so, so no ceramic shield. Uh, MagSafe was like late rumored and it doesn't have MagSafe proper. I mean, it's got all this charging so you can put like a, you know, the Apple battery on it, but it's not going to stick. Um, and, and then, you know, still a single camera, you know, nothing, nothing changed there. So it, this is like the least remarkable, but it does give Apple, um, at, at, at you know, the entry level price of 5G phone, which was the, the whole, no point of it. Although the entry level price is slightly more than last. Yeah. yeah. And, the old, and the old SE, of course, didn't, didn't stick around. I think Mark Herman was rooting for it to stick around at a lower price point, but it didn't. It did not. It did not. It might, to be fair, they might keep selling it in uh, emerging markets like India and stuff because they do that quite a lot where the, the, the product lineup at the low end is different in the developing countries just so they can get the lower prices compared to what they sell in the US or the, the Western world. The iPad Air was the next product up. Again, I'd say the the uh, the graph of interestingness on the product side definitely starts low and gets bigger. Now we're up to like the median level because again, you have an iPad Air. It's the same as the iPad Air from twenty twenty, but it gets an M one chip, which is a pretty you know it would have been a surprise, but Nintendo Mac had the exclusive on that as well. Uh-huh. But I think it's decent. Like we you know before we went in, we might be thinking it might just get the A fifteen or it might get like a slightly souped up a15 but no it gets the full m1 chip so it's the exact same performance as the ipad pro which is many hundreds of dollars more expensive yep yep uh, which which i think would be more to write home about if that translated into doing different things than you could yeah. before but it really <laughs> yeah let's put it this way it has the exact same drawbacks as when we had <laughs> the ipad pro with m1 in that there isn't too much that really pushes the boundary of the processor compared to what you can do with an m1 chip in a mac for instance but at least they've done it and maybe if there's some crazy features in a future ios release the ipad Air will be able to keep up well it'll definitely make sense with ios 16 oh 100 percent. i mean the <laughs> next year. version of ipad os always fixes every problem that people say about the ipad it and always when explains there's a, when the there's hardware. new hardware yeah when there's new hardware in the spring the next version of ipad os it always adds in the missing link there never do they leave us hanging for multiple years never <laughs> The iPad Air does get center stage, which is nice because uh-huh. it was that's, the only the iPad. F- the front-facing camera, 12 megapixels, so it's ultra-wide. It can pan around the room when you move 
uh, if someone joins you, it can kind of zoom out and, and have both of you in the frame. Like you said, every iPad has it, including the 329 iPad. So for it to be the iPad Air, now it's, it's up to date. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, I hope they start bringing it to all the Macs. That'd be nice. Yeah. There's something that's kind of, uh, they kind of did sort of forget to that. Uh, 5G, woohoo. It gets 5G now. But 5G. Does it have do they, do they a, a millimeter wave? I don't think it has a millimeter wave either. I think it's. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get a pro yeah. for that, right? Got to get the pro, <laughs> yeah. Uh, iMovie is getting an update. Uh, if we, I don't know if we spoke about this on air, but off air I told you like iMovie is like so out of date, it's crazy on on, on iOS. Uh, but Apple actually featured it. Normally, Clips is their darling to feature in Apple events, but this time around, there's an iMovie update coming in April. Uh, and then the colors for the iPad Air are space gray, starlight, pink, purple, and a new blue. Once again, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, purple's new to the air. It's on the mini. Um, the blue, I, I do think it's... I think the other one they called sky blue. They didn't just call it blue, and now mm-hmm. it's blue. Um, and so they've had a lot of shades of blue so far. And I like this one more. I don't know if the the words like Carillion or something like that, but I don't know. It's, it's it, There's there's uh, a shade of blue that this is more like than, than the other one was, and I like it. It's like a little bit more green to it, a little more aqua. So do you not like think it's going to be like... If you're in person though, and just ping on how the light bounces on it, it's gonna look like the old blue. Like I don't know so, if it's no, no, it's no, like no. A old, subtle tone. The old blue looks silver, so okay. It, you needed to have it next to a silver iPad or like silver aluminum product from Apple to know it was blue. Whereas this one, I think it's more like has more aqua green tones to it, and and that brings it further from silver than than the other one did. Okay, fair enough. So it might actually look like blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, they should call it actually blue. Yeah, like like Google does their colors. And it is the same price, so no price rise here, five ninety nine. But it's sixty four gig storage, which starts to start feel a little punitive. But we'll accept it for this time around. Again, pre order on Friday, available March eighteenth. I don't think Corellian's a color. Well, I, don't, I don't know. Cerulean. I'm looking it up, and it's about. I'm remembering Star Wars. from Pokemon Cerulean City. I'm. Yeah, maybe I, I did like the lookup feature on on the Mac, and it's telling me about Star Wars planets and moons. So <laughs> I'm I'm not close here. <laughs> Although maybe that's the space color. I, I don't know. But yeah, iPad Air. Uh, no, I mean, no surprises. No, yeah, so nothing the, crazy again. I mean, the, the, the chip reporting that we did over the weekend was the surprise. You know. Yeah, that would so. have made it a bit more of an excitement if we hadn't had that because yeah. we were expecting a fifteen. Yeah, do we mention that you can uh, transfer data faster over USB C that isn't Thunderbolt, but it's faster oh yeah, they got like t- twice as fast USB C transfer, but yeah, it's not yeah. a Thunderbolt port. Yeah, because yeah, of that M one chip can enable that. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff that you're Probably. transferring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I wish they. I mean, this is we know we don't want to repeat what we said about the iPad Pro a year ago, but iPad OS has so much potential, and uh, iPad OS fifteen they sorted out the multitasking. Big tick from me on that. But functionality-wise and practical functionality-wise, compared to what you can do on a, a macOS device, it just doesn't it doesn't compete. So hopefully they keep investing there, and uh, then this stuff reap rewards. Otherwise, the iPad's just going to continue to be doing like a primarily like consumer slash video player slash device in in my head at least. Yeah. Not to say you know people in the world use it and get stuff done with it, but it's never going to beat a MacBook Air, for instance, in my head at the moment. Well, that is the two products uh, that were like. The boring stuff. After the break, we will discuss the cool stuff. Yeah. By the way, your blue, your your Pokemon reach—that was the word I was looking for. Cerulean. 
because that that means deep deep blue or, but pokemon or, teaches you things yeah that's where i learned how to spell the word mansion <laughs> happy hour this week is also brought to you by headspace has your mind been sprinting for years on end leaving trails of stress anxiety and fatigue behind that is gradually eroding your mental health do you feel tired no matter how much you sleep perhaps you have built up tension inside that just seems to never go away well if you're nodding along in agreement as you're listening then it's time to adopt small daily practices that can have a huge impact on your long-term happiness and well-being and it's so easy to get started with headspace just go to headspace.com slash mac to sign up headspace is scientifically proven to be manage your feelings and your mental health in fact a study showed that in just two weeks headspace can reduce your stress by 14 percent whether you want to relieve stress anxiety just get better sleep or simply improve your focus and concentration ability headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for the real life their library of sessions have all sorts to choose from, from three-minute SOS meditations to much longer and much more gradual relaxation sessions. And if you have kids, they even have quick meditations designed to get the whole family involved. These programs make it easy to give you a moment to catch your breath and make time for your mental health. You can start small and work up from there. I signed up on their website and they do a really great job of guiding you into the world of meditation it's really nicely designed and super easy there's no expectation of commitment in fact i personally love these mini meditations that they have which just give you space for a quick breath and a moment of mindfulness to yourself they're quick and really easy to slot into the otherwise busyness of daily life and of course once you have a headspace account you can use the app on iphone android or on the web however you're feeling try headspace at headspace.com slash mac and get one month free of their entire mindfulness library this is the best headspace offer available so go to headspace.com slash mac today that's h-e-a-d-s-p-a-c-e.com slash mac one more time headspace.com slash mac thanks to headspace for sponsoring the show all right two questions Mm mm-hmm one, did you know that the iPad Air now says iPad Air on the back? Yes, but I yes. forgot until you just yeah. mentioned it just then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the first one they've done. Why, why does it have it written on the back? Because they, uh, they, took, they took all the text away from the iPhone. Because it's so similar to an iPad Pro that they put Air on the back? I don't know. Does the iPad Pro say Pro on the back? No. It doesn't, right? Yeah. No, no. Just says like Maybe that. the next revision will. <laughs> yeah, maybe it will. They, and they, they only did this on the phone one year, and it was the 6S where they had the S in the box. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, this is the S phone. But <laughs> that's, that's it. The next thing is, do you, do you think that the next iPad Pro, now that there's the M1 chip inside of the iPad Air, um, and we're not at the M2 yet, do you, do you think an iPad Pro should have an M1 Pro chip inside? I mean, my answer is that it's already... Um, enough power that you have no idea what it does differently than than just like A15, but um, but the word Pro is in there, so. <laughs> I don't think the M1 Pro architecture uh, will work inside an iPad. It just runs too hot. For the iPad yeah. chips, you have to look at what's in the MacBook Air because that's a similar... Fanless. Fanless, yeah, exactly. That's the temperature window you're working with, and that's the thermal envelope. So it couldn't do a Pro chip. Not that I could take advantage of it anyway, but that rule because of the software. But that rules out the M1 Max and the M1 Ultra as well mm-hmm. inside of an iPad Pro, which brings. They, us I, to, I do think the next iPad Pro will probably have an M2 in it. That's my yeah. expectation. Yeah, same. So they'll they'll announce it like September October, and I'll have an M2 in it. Yeah, which which will finally make sense on iOS 17. So <laughs> yeah, well, that brings us to the M1 Ultra, which is a new chip in the M1 family. Yes, 
And interestingly, this was uh, John Turnus, and his exact words were, one last chip to the M1 family. Now, if you've been following the rumours that have been stretching 18 months, Mark Gurman, like two years ago, uh, said that there would be the M1 chip, that was the 8-core CPU design, there would be the M1 Pro, that would be the 10-core design, and there would be an M1 Max with double the GPU cores, which obviously there was, and then there would be a uh, higher spec model, which is essentially two M1 Maxes glued together, which is exactly what the M1 Ultra is. And then also in those rumors, there was four destined supposedly for the Mac Pro was going to be four M1 Maxes glued together, which would give you double again. So instead of 64 GPU cores, you get 128. And instead of 20 CPU cores, you get 40. But him saying that this is the last entrance in the M1 family probably means that last part of the leak or the rumor is going to be incorrect and plans change, schedules happen, maybe they couldn't get it to work this time. And then the that, but that number of like core count probably be pushed back to the M2 cycle at some point. So that's just a thing up front based on what John Turner said in the presentation. Uh, the M1 Ultra is essentially two M1 Maxes. Stuck together, Apple has a great name for their little internet, internet in, interconnect thing called the Ultra Fusion. This is similar in concept to the Infinity Fabric stuff that uh, AMD and other manufacturers have. I believe the Apple's, Apple's like made a big deal about it, not because it's like a brand new idea, but their version is like the most performant and speedy. And I think their like quoted bandwidth numbers are like four times what the Infinity Fabric can deliver and stuff. So. I'm not a huge expert on the on the nitty gritty of CPU details here, but that's my understanding. So I know there was some snark that like, why is Apple pretending like this is their incredible invention? Because other companies have already done it. Like the chiplet design is not like new, but the way Apple's implemented it, I believe, is technically superior just in terms of the speed at which they can do uh, bandwidth across the two chips. It's a uh, two and a half terabytes per second interprocessor bandwidth. Uh, they said it's four times what the comp- the competition fabric can achieve. Uh, it behaves like a single chip to software so even though there is like two dies uh, all your apps only see one cpu one gpu because some of the chiplet designs they get exposed to like a windows computer as two separate graphics cards which then requires like complex more complex code like the same code that you've written doesn't translate and use the extra core you have to optimize it and like be aware that there's a second chip here and stuff but assuming Mm-hmm. I was I was I was curious what before uh, could the could the Mac Pro have two M1 Ultra chips and then you achieve that that basically four M1s or um but it sounds like that would that would not be ideal in terms of how it's handled but 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 could it be that the um Ultra Fusion like you can only connect two you can't connect four like that well I think on the M1 Max they have like the 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 interconnect space is like you can see it on the chip and they did like a graphical representation of this so you have like the rectangle which is the chip and at the bottom they put on this little strip and that's where the two connect together so you can only have two m1 maxes slapped together to make an ultra because once you put the ends to the ends there's no other fabric slot if you see what i mean so i don't think there's anything like theoretically preventing them from designing they could have designed the m1 ultra to have that fabric going the other way and they could slap two ultras together but Based on their drawings, it doesn't have that, if you see what I mean. So, And of course, there are like practicality concerns because you couldn't make like a, 
you couldn't just keep doing this infinitely because at some point you have like heat problems and they, you know it's not as easy as just putting these little bits on and slap it together like it's incredibly complicated even just to do the ultra design uh, is, the, is the size representation in, in that they use in the event to show you know the graphics of like this is the m1 and then this is how it scales up to m1 mm-hmm. ultra is that is that accurate scale, i think it or? is yeah yeah the chips are small right because like sure. the m1 is like it an inch and a half across so when it's blown up to the apple park keynote <laughs> video <laughs> it looks massive but i mean they are big chips but, and they're but like, like relative than... to each other though maybe it's yeah the relative sizes are pretty accurate i think yeah um and in fact the actual dies are even bigger because what they show you in those videos they don't show you the surrounding ram like the unified memory like that's an even uh. bigger bit that goes around the outside so that's just and but what you have to compare it to is that's the CPU and the GPU and the neural engine all on one chip. Like, think of a Windows computer or even like the 27-inch iMac, right? It has an Intel CPU and then it has an entire dedicated graphics card that's huge, right? Right. But the M1 chips are just all that on that one little die. Yeah, and they do show, to give an idea of, of size for RAM, they did show the M1 Ultra, you know, this this expands the, the RAM capacity mm-hmm. and show like on either side of the, the chip, you know, two slots that I guess is where the RAM goes. And and that's much larger than just the single chip, you know, and certainly the the double size chip. Yeah, all the all the specs are literally like double M1 Max. So the M1 Max tops out at sixty four gigabytes of RAM. That's what I have in my MacBook Pro, and here we get one hundred twenty eight gigabytes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they literally double every every spec. The CPU is twenty CPU cores, sixteen high performance for efficiency. The M1 Max is eight high performance to efficiency. Same with the GPU. It used to have cap out as 32 cores, but when you stick two M1 Maxes together, you get a 64 gig GPU. Apple says that's eight times faster than the M1, and you get from a 16 core neural engine to a 32 core neural engine. And you even have twice as many media engine zones for like their dedicated onboard chips for ProRes and for, you know, that encode decode thing. So, so, th- so the afterburner card for the Mac Pro that's sold separately for a lot of money was already kind of toast compared to the m1 max yep which bakes it in and now it's even more true by double yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so some crazy numbers uh they said they even compared it to like high-end uh intel uh and gpus so they said the m1 ultra can offer 90 percent less power compared to peak 16 core intel i9 12 12 1,000, I did 12,900K, whatever that and the things, but that's a really high-end Intel chip. So the same performance, but with 90% less power. And on the GPU side, uh, a third the power for peak performance compared to the highest-end GPU available. That's in Apple's words, uh, the RTX 3090, which is definitely a high-end chip. Uh, And then they did a nice little developer video, which featured all women, which is very timely because March 8th was also uh, International Women's Day. So that was why they did that, which is cool. And so that's like the, the chip introduction. Then they showed off what the chip is going to be housed in. And that is the brand new Mac Studio. Yeah. Had, had the uh, Mac Studio name not been reported over the weekend by 9to5, which we are, um, <laughs> to, to remember, remind you, um, I think probably after seeing M1 Ultra as its own presentation, as, as we do with each new chip from Apple, then you go to the product. And I think maybe you'd be thinking like, oh, here's, here's the... Uh, the 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 Mac Pro teaser mm-hmm. you know, for later this year, but but it was yeah. And speaking back. of the Mark Gurman rumors, alongside all that you know Jade Die stuff, he keeps talking about a half size Mac Pro. And what does the Mac Studio look like? 
not too far away from a half size of Mac Pro. It is smaller than half the size of Mac Pro, and it doesn't have those like you know cut out circles, the concentric circle things. But you know, to a first approximation, if they'd have introduced this as like the low end Mac Pro or a Mac Pro, I don't think people would have blinked. Like this is just like the Apple Silicon Mac Pro, and it's small because it's you know more efficient. Yeah, this is Mac Studio, which is a new product name. We'll get to the display, and they've used Studio Display before, but but we've never seen a Mac Studio before. And this is, you know, if you describe it, it it's the it's the the shape of a Mac Mini, but two and a half times taller, way more ports. You know, not not the budget, not or not the you know you can get a Mac Mini for seven hundred dollars, and this isn't that. I think it begins at two two thousand. Um, but but Mac Studio, so like, a whole new thing. And um, I was thinking about this during during the the keynote and. In my, I, I've been following Macs and my personal use since 2008 when the white plastic MacBook, polycarbonate MacBooks existed. You know, I knew about the white and black ones before that. So I knew about those MacBooks. Um, there was the aluminum MacBook in 2008 that looked like a MacBook Pro. And then there was a MacBook Pro after that because they added like an SD card reader to it. Um, so, so, and, and, you know, I've seen the 12 inch MacBook exist. So I've seen the iMac Pro exist, but none of those feel like this is like a whole new Mac design and name to come from it. I mean, the MacBook, the MacBook 12 inch was, um, pretty cutting edge, but, uh, you know, it, but it was almost like this is, you didn't have a retina MacBook Air yet. And it was almost like if there was a retina MacBook Air, this would be it. And sure enough, it kind of looks like, you know, the, the actual MacBook Air is like a, a larger version of the MacBook. This is the first time I've seen and, and following like a whole new product in the Mac lineup. Yeah. You know, and you could argue it's the Mac Mini scaled way up, but but you know, I think it's justifiably a a, a new name, and Mac Studio is a pretty good one. When nine to five Mac, I asked, leaked the Mac <laughs> Studio name. I was a bit like, really? Is that the name? Or is that like the code name? Like, because it felt a bit weird because in the Windows space, like, there's a very similarly named product, the Surface Studio from Microsoft, and that is like a studio easel because it's like a big touchscreen thing it's like an only one iMac with a screen that can fold flat and stuff like that so you can like draw on it and so that was where my like reference point was but as the weekend progressed and as they like introduced it in the event I'm I've come full circle I'm all on board with the Mac Studio name I think it's a great name it's a yeah. good summary of like it's not the highest end workstation thing but it's like the pro, it's like a better word, a better adjective than pro to describe like the higher end use cases, you know? Yep. Like Mac, Mac Studio, I think it's a cool name. The design, you know, you, as you just said, brand new Macs don't come along very often. And could they have gone a bit more crazy? <laughs> like a bit more push the boundary than just a like a fat mini, maybe? Like I don't want to be like a big downer on it, but like a brand new Mac. Well, the the other way to look at it is you you do see like the the, the Mac Pro, which is not a new category in in the lineup, um, change dramatically from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. From you know what's called cheese grater to trash can to really you know cheese grater, uh, and those are dramatically different each time and unique to their generation. Whereas this is a new name, but a similar design. But but the design though. Um, I think I think like the so the Mac Mini had a lot of iterations. You know, it was taller to begin with. It had a CD drive. You know, at some point went away. Um, you know, it was like plasticky and became aluminum. And this this is definitely like an evolution of that. But I think because of the I/O, like the ports and everything, 
and then what's inside that it's that there's no like consumer level of this it's it's all high end and that you don't even have an m1 pro option it's just m1 max or m1 ultra and and the m1 ultra is two pounds heavier because of the cooling system like i, I feel like there's enough different about this that it is like you know it's obviously inspired by the mac mini design um but I think there's enough new about it. I mean, even isn't the isn't like the base of it the way that the cooling system works where the, the fan cutout is? That seems different than the yeah, Mac it Mini. is different. Like yeah. it definitely deserves a different name. It's definitely not just like it, a Mac Mini it, Pro. It right? reminds me of the the difference between the Apple TV third generation and fourth generation, but that's the same product uh, both times. It's just that the fork the Apple TV uh, HD was the first TVOS. It was taller for the fan and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also the same design as the Airport Express that looked like a white version of the black Apple TV when you had an Airport Express. And then Time Capsule. <laughs> it was a really big thing. And Airport <laughs> Extreme where they were like, yeah, like the studio versions, they were, they were much taller. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Apple's got a thing for like reusing, a, a, um, you know, dimensions. And in this case, they've done that. But I think there is enough externally different about it that it's, it doesn't just feel like, you know, when you call, this is the iPad Pro, this is the iPad Air. Well, what, well <laughs> are they that different? Yeah. Yeah, like it is a delineated product, but if you do have the opportunity to introduce a whole new Mac, maybe you could be slightly more adventurous how it looks. Like the M1 iMac obviously was just an upgrade to the iMac, but it was like really radical. And then they did the MacBook Pros last year, which is pretty big redesign compared to the old MacBook Pros. And then this is like, you know, it is a Mac Mini that's a bit thicker. But anyway, like it's not a huge <laughs> problem, but I see the Mac Studio as a almost spiritual successor to the trash can Mac Pro. Because like the current Mac Pro is, you know, super modular and it's got all the swappable slots, all the ports, all the connectors, you know, a, a chonky thing. The trash can Mac Pro is much closer in philosophy to what the Mac Studio is, you know, like a single unit, all in one enclosure. Yeah, these rely on being good at graphics from the get-go, not mm-hmm. not after the fact. Like you're not gonna upgrade the graphics card later and maybe you won't in the next mac pro either but but i agree with what you're saying there yeah like it feels like if apple silicon existed when the trash can was a thing they could have made a really good trash can mac pro but it didn't so they had to make do with what they had and they made like a mediocre performance machine but one that looked really cool and zoom forward almost 10 years (laughs) at this point (laughs) and you get a yeah you get really great performance in this like all-in-one little box that isn't quite as pretty as the trash can, but it's definitely the same philosophy of look, you you men and they all their marketing pictures they show the Mac Studio on the desk, and that was the idea with the trash can Mac Pro as well. Is like it looks beautiful enough and it's compact enough that you can just have it sitting on top of your desk. Yeah, and that's you, what you Apple don't put wants it on the floor, do right? Yeah, you yeah. don't put it under the floor. Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, think about the Mac Pro 2013 trash can. That does, I, I, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not disappointed by the Mac Studio um, design. I mean, we didn't know it would exist a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think disappointed is the wrong word, but uh, yeah. like, I just think if you compare it to like how much of a design change they made with the MacBook Pro or the M1 iMac, it feels less crazy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, but but I think if you look at Mac Pro 2013 versus Mac Studio today, then um, I do think that there's just like a nicer, more premium look. And, and then the way it works to the to the Mac Pro 2013. I mean, just the basics. When you turn the thing around to the porch in the back, like mm-hmm. they they illuminate, which is just a really cool touch. Yeah. Uh, and then the this has no itself, bells and whistles, right? It's a right. very it's very practical. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then also like the finish of the, of the 2013 Mac Pro, you know, and like product shots is like flat black, but actually it's like the coolest version of space black. And yes. Like, you know, reflective and you can rotate the case, pull it off and you have the, like you're looking at all the computer right there. It's very Darth Vader-y and very cool and sci-fi, you know, it just, Maybe it had such a bad reputation because it was never updated. Thermal corners, what they, you know, blame the issue on later on. And, uh, maybe they just don't want to revisit that at all. But I think that was like a nicer, cooler design than, but, but, um, you know, Mac Studio, like if you want this product, this is, I think the, the, to me, like the coolest thing about it is just the number of ports. Like you can finally say, you know, compared to the iMac 24 inch right now, and you, you get between two and four USB-C slash Thunderbolt ports. And this thing has like what six at most and, um, SD, HDMI, two USB-A, like the, the <laughs> and pro, pro audio ports port. on the front. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's such a good admission. Like for so long, Apple ships everything where the ports are on the back, out of the way, out of sight, out of mind. When the iMac was thicker, you'd have SD card on the side and the CD slot on the side. Because, you know, like, they don't go in the back. You, you, you don't put an SD card in and leave it. Like, you might put in, like, a, a webcam or a printer or a drive and leave it. Um, so, like, ports in the back, you know, it's like things that you leave in permanently. But ports on the side are, like, easily accessible in the front. Those are things that you put in and take out. And, obviously, your SD card goes in your camera. So, you know, it, to have it in the front is great. And, and and you lost that with the iMac design, you know. Now you've lost all the ports, too. But but this is, yeah, this is good. Yeah, like, that's such a cool, cool thing. Even the Mac Pro, like, isn't it just USB-A on the front? Oh, or maybe yes. USB-A is, I think maybe it's USB-C or Thunderbolt, and then, like, USB-A is, like, hidden on the inside. Yeah, those, I think for those, I think, I think they're, they're, I'm pretty sure it's USB C on the top of the Mac Pro. Yeah, yeah. The, the hidden USB A is on the inside, but that's for like um, hardware or, or programs that require hardware authentication. For like, you, you've got the license for that. So here's an example so, where it's just like a the Mac Studio is just like a a machine. It's not like a you know not got many frills. The power plug. It's not like the cool magnetic thing that they designed for the iMac or whatever. Yeah. It's just a three prong plug. <laughs> It's a, Mickey, it's, it's a Mickey Mouse shaped plug, yes. Yeah, but the one of the reasons why it's so thick is that it does have an integrated power supply. So you don't, if you if you like that and you like it all just being one little box and you just have a small cable running off where the power goes in the wall, uh, that's what they've done here. It doesn't have external power supply, which is one of the which is one of the tricks they did for the M1 iMac to make it so thin is they put the power supply external. But for this, the power supply is inside. And if you look at the di- uh, the like X ray shots, the top sixty percent of it is just fans and thermal cooling the fans come yeah. in through the bottom they get whizzed around they get pushed out the back and you turn the mac studio around you've got the ports below and then the entire top is just all those holes where the it can exhaust the air so yeah 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 mac studio space silver no space gray i mean that is one thing they c- could have done bare minimum to make the design slightly fancier so they could have given i don't you a, know a color I, option. I love that that silver is everywhere and space gray is like yesteryear you know and, and you still have the mac mini in space gray for the higher end intel chips that hasn't gone away even though you've got mac studio and maybe you know i think like price wise those are still cheaper than than mac studio begins yeah well and, yeah because the the intel mac minis are like 900 999 yeah, and the Mac Studio starts at two thousand. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, so still you got seven hundred. Yeah, like seven hundred dollars for a, for an M one Mac Mini, thousand dollars for the Intel. Like, what is it? I nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then you've got double that for the 
M1, M1 Max. Or Max or, or so. Um, so it could be that we just see the, the next revel, you know, uh, rev of Mac Mini take us out. Also, I had this thought that, um, the Mac Mini was the first technically Apple Silicon Mac with the developer kit. Yep. Transition kit, DTK. And it looks like it'll be the last one out unless they just take it away before the Mac Pro gets replaced. And <laughs> yeah, that's and a just, sad point actually. Yeah. And, and, and the reasons are similar that the DTK was obviously so developers can get their apps ready. And then the Intel one could exist for a long time because of, of like lingering Intel support from programs that require it. So it's like the reverse of a DTK. <laughs> yeah, that's funny actually. Yeah. Cause obviously, obviously they have the M1 Mac mini from the beginning, but the higher end models persist to this day. Like I think one of the reasons those ones exist is because they, the M1 doesn't support like the number of external display outputs that the old Intel ones would do. And I think Mac minis are in a lot of places where they just plug in max displays and like hide the actual mac mini in a cabinet and stuff so that's probably one of the reasons why the intel still sticks around but you can do like i think three of the new apple displays from the mac studio you can do four pro display xdrs from the mac studio uh, yeah so, and so a 4k tv so you can have five screens and four of those are pro display xdrs and the m1 mac mini is different than than say the macbook air m1 or mac pro because it, it, the mac mini can do two displays right it can do two because it doesn't have an internal display yeah 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 that helps huh <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to give you some like performance specs because obviously they spoke about this a little bit in the chip section but also they gave you a bit more concrete things here uh, the mac studio with the ultra chip is basically four times faster than the 27-inch iMac and 90% faster than the 16-core Xeon Mac Pro. And it's even 60% faster than the highest-end CPU config for the Mac Pro. That's the 28-core Xeon. And the GPU is supposedly 80% faster than the Mac Pro's highest GPU option, which is the W6900X. Obviously, that's on Apple's charts and Apple's benchmarks. When the M1 Max and the M1 Pro came out, they had, like claims about the m1 max's gpu that in practice some tests like the m1 max was weaker than the gpu the windows gpu they compared it against like the 38e mobile and in some tests it was ahead like so i think overall people kind of equivalent uh, you know equivalent out to like a mobile 3070 or 3060 rather than a 38 which is what apple said so we'll hold off a little bit on you know espousing the claims of the m1 ultra too much until uh people actually benchmark these for real and do real world testing uh, but at least on paper apple says that this machine is like you know for four thousand dollars you can get a machine that's 80 percent faster than the most expensive mac pro which is like 20 grand right <laughs> <laughs> and faster than any windows computer that you can buy on gpu and cpu not bad that's their claim yeah pretty pretty insane because you look at the prices right and it's like 1999 m1 max 3999 m1 ultra obviously that's a huge delta in the price there another 2000 doubling the price to get the ultra trip but spec wise you're basically getting a straight doubling on every metric yeah it's very linear you know how i keep saying that like my my macbook air for a thousand bucks feels like a much better value than like a 14 MacBook pro for 2000 you know i I don't feel like you get double everything um in 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 the value of the 14 MacBook pro as you do for the half price macbook air um, it does seem like with the M1 Max, I mean, even, without even comparing how linear the the the, the chip difference scales, because it's it's double everything. Um, it does seem like that two thousand dollars for the M1 Max is a pretty for M1 Max Mac Studio is pretty good because you know you're looking at the 14 inch MacBook 
um, pro cost for the desktop, but you get a, a higher configuration with it being M1 Max instead of Pro. And um, I think even yeah, it's it's a it's a much better computer. And it, you know, given you ha- don't have the the built-in display, mouse, and keyboard, um, but but it still feels like this is like the like if you're like in the in the way that the MacBook Air feels like a really good value for a notebook and for consumers, this feels like a pretty good value for professionals. Or stu- yeah, I think studio- it, I think it's well priced. Like or, or stu- studio dwellers. I guess when, when you get to the high end, like I think double like a one a linear increase in price for a linear increase in performance is pretty rare. Like often, you know, some of those Intel configurations when that was like the main thing, the highest end CPU would be like an extra four cores, but it costs like another thousand dollars on its own. Do you know what I mean? Like the 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 relative price there is is pretty crazy. But the M1 Ultra seems decent. Yeah, even SSD storage would be like that. It's like to go, you know, I don't know what is right now, but there were times where to double the SSD storage because it was, you know, you just didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be much more than double to, to double the, the size. So. See, the Mac Studio, I'd give it a thumbs up for sure. Like, I think it's a it's great entrance to the front. The best Mac Studio Apple's ever made. That, that is true. That is true. And we'll obviously talk about it more as people actually get their hands on them and try them out for real for sure. And I feel like there's no bad configuration of of Mac Studio. Yeah, because the the 1999 one is M1 Max, which means you get 32 gigs of RAM as standard. So that's solid. I think it's only five 12 gigs of storage, so you might have to upgrade that. But which also the Mac Pro starts at now too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That yeah. true. I mean, the, the the drawback from besides like the the processor, you know, difference is, is that the, the the front ports. You, you look at USB C for the M1 Max, and then and then um, Thunderbolt for the M1 Ultra. Yeah, because they don't uh, have the bandwidth there on the Max one. Yeah, and that's a pretty good you know difference. It, it, it's it's a pretty subtle difference because you still have Thunderbolt in the back. So yeah, you're not really dying for I/O on either <laughs> of these configs, really. No, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so Max Studio, pretty pretty solid. Uh, I am not the market because I like the laptops, but I think it's a great option for sure. Yeah, yeah. Finally, this week. Happy Hour is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. During this great reshuffle of the labor market, a record number of employees are considering switching jobs. So now is your chance to try and attract them as a business owner. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you connect with the people that you want to interview and ultimately hire faster and for free. You can create a free job post in just minutes using LinkedIn Jobs and your post will reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. As an aside, actually, my brother has just finished university and he's looking for work. And I know for a fact that LinkedIn is one of the places that he checks for job postings. So if you're a business owner, use LinkedIn to target my brother and 770 million other people. And when you add your job post, you can add the job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word even more to signal that you are hiring and boosting the reach across your personal network so they can help you connect to the right people. LinkedIn Jobs also has simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience for what you're looking for so you can target the most qualified applicants and quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire and that's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs the number one job site in delivering quality hires compared to the leading competition linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin post your job for free at linkedin.com slash happy hour that's linkedin.com slash happy hour to post your job for free terms and conditions apply thanks to linkedin jobs for sponsoring the show and now the star of the event 
is the uh, the studio display. The studio display, which it's it's an interesting product because it's basically everything we've been asking for for years, right? It's the least Apple could do, but that's a good thing because they could have done something much more that would not have addressed what we we want, which is an affordable monitor. Yeah, and like what what they gave us is essentially, you know, there's no innovation here. It's just taking all the parts and the pieces. A little bit. <laughs> people, but you know, you know what I mean, right? Like, it's not like a crazy, like, it's not pushing the boundaries in any way. Like, the Pro Display XDR was pushing the boundaries, but obviously it also cost a fortune. This, the raw panel, is basically identical to what's been shipped in the LG Ultrafine for seven years, right? That's just a fact. It just is. Yes, yes. So the core part of a monitor, i.e. the panel, you know, it's not some crazy Apple part, it's not some crazy innovation, it's just the same panel that you could get in the LG Ultrafine. But the whole point is, nobody likes the Ultra, Ultra, <laughs> Ultrafine, because it's like... It, it, it's it, the, the design isn't pretty... They, they call this, you know, uh, a full-screen design, because the, the bezels are, are thin, They're not. there's no chin or forehead, the 5K has a big forehead. Um, the, it's, it's, it's aluminum, not plastic. Um, the my experience with the 5k from LG display was that I purchased one when they were discounted. Because if you recall, after the 2016 MacBook Pro came out, everyone was upset about the, the lack of ports. It was all Thunderbolt, so people needed to replace things or buy adapters. And so Apple did this big discount sell for a few months uh, on Thunderbolt accessories, including the display. And so I bought one. I think it was like regular 1300 and I bought it for 1000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had it in my office, or you could call it a studio, and I had an Apple Airport router on my desk, and I, and I, and I couldn't have those two things work at the same time. Like the, the router would turn off the display every single time. And that was how bad the product was. It was that there was not the – you didn't have Apple testing this thing in, in, in you know, final um, before release. You had LG doing it, and maybe Apple nodded and approved, but it wasn't Apple proper. And then with the support, you didn't go to Apple for support. I mean, I went to Apple PR for support, and they were like, it's not a problem. <laughs> and it was. But you had to go through LG for support. And that's just a whole different experience, and and we're, we're finally out of, out of that. So So good. I'm so happy. Yeah, this is 27-inch 5K, P3 color gamut, true tone support. It's all aluminium, narrow bezels, pretty slim profile on the sides. It looks pretty thin. Like, it looks nice. It really does look nice. It's aluminium and glass, just to match pretty much any product in Apple's product line. Obviously, it's called the Apple Studio Display because they expect you to use it with a Mac Studio, and the height of the Mac Studio is... Just small enough so it will slide underneath on the side. But you can use it with any computer, any Apple computer at least, and get all the functionality. Yeah. You can use it with Windows and there's some some, some weirdness about it. But um, You can use it with an iPad and you also don't get all the features. But you can plug it in. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it, it, it's, it's, you know, so the history of displays over the past few you know decades, because that's how far you have to go, is, um, you know, you and I don't consider the the Pro Display XDR um, you know, is like feasible for 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 our budget, and it's also just way over spec. In some ways, is and and ways that are negatives for us. You know, it's thick and hot, and um, 
so it's not it's mostly the price but yes the other parts are <laughs> mostly the most of the price yeah, yeah but but this is thinner and probably cooler than 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 the Proto xdr yeah the Proto um, xdr is more expensive than my entire laptop that was that was an expensive <laughs> laptop and that's before i even add on an extra thousand dollars to get the stand for the Proto xdr my, yeah. my my single primary work computer is the price of the stand for the yeah. Proto XDR, so this is how it, yeah, the or the stand like yeah, yeah. no context uh and and this is this costs more you know it's, it's sixteen hundred dollars to start um this re- kind of replaces in the lineup from a long time ago like 2010 time frame 2011 the thunderbolt, thunderbolt display. display and it was yeah. named that because thunderbolt was new and it was marketed as like not as like the mac mini display or like the second display for the imac but it was marketed as you plug it into your macbook pro which now is thunderbolt and it's just one cable and you get charging and you get ports you know so that's why it was Thunderbolt display before that they had cinema display and they've also used studio before so um yeah i, I think that's that's it's I, you know a it's why they don't call it thunderbolt display because it's you know more, more that that was just novel then um but then but then b you know it's a, it's a reused name and it's a good one and it probably informs that the reason that they named the 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 mac mini pro the mac studio yeah so let's talk about the stand options so Thankfully, you don't have to buy the stand separately. <laughs> or, or you could look at it as the, the, the monitor, the stand is not sold separately and this is built into the price. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so for the $1,600 price, you get the standard tiltable stand, which has 30, de- 30 degrees of tilt. Like an iMac. Like an iMac. The ProDisplay XDR stand has all this like fanciness where you can change the height as well. And they've replicated that to some degree because there's an optional tilt and height stand option that lets you raise it up and down by like 100 centimeters, I think, total, total, total movement. And if you don't want the uh, either of those stands, you can just get a vase amount option so you can attach it directly to the wall. Yeah. And, and the vase option and the, the like IMAX style stand with just, just tilt uh, angle. Those are the same cost, which is fifteen ninety nine, and you can't change it after the fact in terms of going from Vesa to or any of them. It seems like, but um, same cost, and then the height adjustable one is three hundred dollars more. Three hundred dollars right? more, yeah. yeah, which is you know different than than the Pro XR stand at a thousand dollars, but and it is counterweighted in the, in that you you know it, it's when you move the the, the display up and down. It's it feels weightless like it does with the ProDisplay XDR. I've only tried it in an. Wait, Apple sorry, store. it's four hundred dollars more. Four dollars more. Okay, um, that's so, quite so expensive. <laughs> it, it is, and all you gain is the height adjustment. The height adjustment. You, the tilt angles are the same. It's just the height adjustment. So you know, you're looking at do you want to move it up and down often, which feels nice because it is counterbalanced, and so it is just like lightly, you know, move it up and down without like having to like pull it and. You know, and I think I thing- said 105 centimeters of height adjustability is 105 millimeters of height yeah. adjustability. <laughs> which is not as big. That's 10 good. times less. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. So uh, it's more expensive than I thought, and it doesn't move as much. But uh, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, but what you don't get, from what I can tell, is something that that the ProDisplay XDR stand does, which is you can change the orientation from landscape to portrait. Yep. They mentioned support for that, which because every display does that, it connected through Mac OS and software to go from landscape to portrait. Um, they mentioned that you can do it with the VESA mount because of course you can. That's how displays work on Macs. 
and that's how VESA physics works. But um, you can screw it the other way up if you want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can leave it on your floor, tilt it against the wall, you know, participate XDR style, that orientation. But you can't do that with the height adjustable stand for four hundred dollars. So you, it's literally just the height adjustment, which you know, I think most people do it either they, they leave it what it is, or they put something below it. You know, and there's product specialized like Twelve South makes their thing where it's the same, you know shape as the base but it's taller and then you get a drawer right there you know um so i, I am disappointed in that the, the pricier stand is only height and not orientation because the by having it built into the stand with the protus xdr you don't change it through the software it's like automatic it detects mm-hmm. it and you can't do that with the i mean i guess they could put an accelerometer in there and figure it out anyway but they, they don't so it, it's vesa only it seems like yeah my take on the stand pricing is like they could have sold the studio display without the height adjustable option and only sold the $1,600 one and you choose whether you want tilt adjustable stand or phase amount and people would have been fine with it, right? Because sure. like the, the height adjustability is considered a pretty pro thing because all of Apple's iMacs don't offer height adjustability, right? Well, so, I feel like it's not considered a pro thing. It's, con- it's considered a consumer-friendly thing and Apple just doesn't do it. Okay, so maybe it's considered like an Apple Pro thing. You know what I mean? Like, because none of Apple's displays have done it before. Like, the, the, the Thunderbolt display wasn't high adjustable, right? From back in the no, day. But no, but the LG 4K and LG 5K do. <laughs> right, yeah. But they also tilt their angles, like, not just, you know, tilt forward and backwards, but, and not just, they don't rotate, but they, they don't rotate completely to be like portrait from landscape, but they do get, you can offset them in the point where you can never figure out what zero degrees is again. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like I, I think my point. Bad. So maybe yeah, it's not considered like a pro thing, but I think if Apple would come out with this display and not off the height adjustability option, people probably wouldn't have thought twice about it, and like it wouldn't matter. So it's there as an option, but yeah, that is expensive. Four hundred dollars just for height adjustability. That is quite a lot because it goes from a fifteen ninety nine monitor to a ninety nine nine monitor. So yeah, that is expensive. Yeah. The nano texture is an option, which is nice because if you want the That's extra anti reflective. That's three hundred. Yeah, which I haven't looked at it, but I'm at you know it's a thousand dollars for the XDR, which is thirty two inches of, of of screen, so five inches more than this. But they they also did nano texture with the Intel twenty seven inch iMac as an option, and it again it wasn't a thousand dollars for the difference. It was I think it was five hundred. Yeah, it, I haven't checked it yet, but it was in this ballpark of affordability. Yeah. Um, and so for that, that I'm glad because when the iMac 24 inch came out, that was one of the things I was disappointed about was, you know, okay, if I were to get an iMac 27 inch, I'd want this nano texture option because it's a, I like, I like the idea of it. You know, if you've got a, I want my space to be like very well lit and the best way to do that in the daytime is sunlight, but that creates reflection and this, I've seen it in the Apple store. And so side by side, I'm like, yeah, that's worth it for the one-time cost for me. Um, if it's on an iMac where the price is not a thousand dollars difference and and in this case it's the display which is even better um and 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 you know it's it's more affordable than than the xdr level of nano texture and you and with that you do get the cleaning cloth because it's nano texture and the (laughs) polishing cloth is, is mainly for cleaning that without ruining your screen uh you don't get it if you don't get nano texture so 400 includes the 19 dollar cloth too and then the other thing, the Pro Display XDR, because it's just meant as like the super high-end color monitor, it doesn't have webcam or microphones in it. So you have to have external webcams and stuff if if you actually want to do like video calls. Uh, but this Apple Studio Display, 
is more consumer focused. So it does both those things. And nicely, the camera, the webcam, is the same camera that you get in the iPads, i.e. it's the 12 megapixel ultra-wide camera. And so that also comes with center stage on the Mac for the first time ever. So that's a nice change. And that wasn't something I expected. I expected them to put a webcam on it. I didn't expect them to bring center stage uh, with this generation. So that's cool. I'm very happy about that. Uh, they also said they've got, quote, studio quality microphones, similar to what they have in the laptops, uh, which are pretty good mics. But, you know, if you've got really close fan noise, then the mics don't work as well. But in a display, you don't have fans. So you, you know, you don't have massive beefy fans, so maybe it's better. And then the other, th- the other th- big thing they made a deal about is the speaker system. You get six speaker array. That's four woofers and two tweeters. And they support Dolby Atmos. So you can get spatial audio kind of effect. It's better than a HomePod Mini. And Apple's inbuilt speakers have gotten so good recently. Like the MacBook Pro speakers are really nice. So I'm sure the laptop, I'm sure the uh, studio display speakers are great too. Yeah. They did introduce this display by saying that it has an A13 chip inside that enables it to deliver amazing experiences. And I think that wording got me slightly too hyped up because because well, we, we knew there'd we be an Apple chip inside. And then there was speculation of what could it be for, you know, AirPlay for wireless use from a notebook, for example, but no. Yeah. So when they when they said that line, my my mind flicked to like AirPlay or something. So you could like maybe use the display on its own wirelessly in a pinch. Uh, but no, when they said amazing experiences, they meant Atmos center stage. Yeah. The other interesting thing here is 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 that you have a better chip inside of the display than you do the Apple TV. Yeah, how sad is that? Because <laughs> the Apple TV 4K is A12 and this is I mean, A13. Your Mac processor is driving the graphics performance on this display, whereas on the Apple TV, the box is... The box is the graphics and you're playing games on it. Like, yeah. Rendering, supposedly, <laughs> you're rendering games through it. So it does feel a little out of whack and like the A13 chip really is just an implementation detail. Like if they, they could have done this entire product without mentioning that it has an A13 chip inside it would make no difference whatsoever right at least they didn't use like a new um like you know moniker like a new uh you know, D1 or something yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then IO wise it has three USB-C ports and they're actually faster um they're rated for faster speeds and because the lg 5k has three ports as well but they are five gigabit per second ports on the studio display it's 10 gigabit per second uh, usb-c ports cool and you have a thunderbolt port which gives you that single port lifestyle so you can plug in one cable you get the display you get charging at 96 watts and you get the io all running through that single thunderbolt cable uh, which is very nice you remember when i think it was before thunderbolt display or maybe it was an Apple display, but when, whenever Apple would have a MagSafe connector with a display connector, yeah, so you could power your connected computer. We've come a long way from that. I'm glad. You know, I don't have the MacBook Pro like you have, which has MagSafe three, whatever it's called. Um, and so for my MacBook Air, which works with this display, I can, I can both ignore MagSafe and not have the port be present because you ignore MagSafe. Yeah, the display. <laughs> But even on micro, it's not even a port to look at or to use or not use. So I'm 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 happy about this part. And 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 they what do they say? They can charge a 14 inch MacBook Pro 
with fast charging because fast of the charge, why. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, no, my my um, Thunderbolt dock uh, is only 96 watts. That's the OWC one, right? And sure, I plug yeah. that into my 16 inch, and it doesn't fast charge, but it charges perfectly fine. Like you don't you don't lose battery when you're you, using. You don't lose battery, no. Which is the important part. Yeah, like even if you're really stressing it, I think it charges perfectly fine. So. So basically, it will charge your any laptop, any Apple Silicon laptop. Yeah, and because they're now selling a silver, you know, a, a silver display and a silver computer with with the you know this pro oriented with the Max Video, they now sell the Mac Pro peripherals on their own. I mentioned it before. It's the, the Magic Keyboard, Magic Trackpad, and Magic Mouse. Um, nothing new about them, but that that the the base is silver instead of space gray. And the keycaps are white. And so the other options that you had before was space gray base, black keycaps, or silver base, white keycaps. And this gives you the better combination, which is silver and black. Um, you think is, that's a better? I think the, the the iMac Pro keyboard was best with the black, no, the black I, base. No. Well, it wasn't black. It was space gray. Well, I, I think, yeah, but close to close to. I buy silver computers. My, my, my what color is the keyboard on the silver computers? It's uh, black. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So this matches that. I think this is a much more timeless look, and that space gray is. You, just you don't have the black keyboard well in my MacBook Pro, though. No, I don't. I mean, that would, that would, I, that's what I would like. I like external black keyboard. Yeah, I like this. It, it was kind of the uh, the the iPhone SE did that when they when they did the one that was silver, or they they did a white phone with a black front, and that was like yes. kind of like steam, steampunk style. And this is what I like about this is I think it's the better combination. Than, than space gray and dark or silver. It's a cool combination. Don't get me wrong, but I prefer all black. But. It's cooler than silver and white. Because it is cooler than silver and white. Because <laughs> no Mac laptop comes with white keycaps. Yeah. Unless maybe the MacBook Airs with color do that, <laughs> which would be weird, but maybe. Uh, I, I love this. I love the display. These accessories, um, you know, Chance bought them because he, you know, Impulse. I'll, I'll probably buy them just so that everything matches and i like and, and also i like these, these things these, these products um when i use my macbook air in clamshell i don't i don't have access to touch id because i just use a different keyboard um did, did the mac pro i don't think it had touch id for the, the keyboard that it came with even though it was the same color scheme the mac pro yeah because no, no. these colors come from mac pro accessories that are no, no yeah the mac pro the mac pro doesn't have didn't have touch id because yeah. it, it only it, it only started with the imac the m1 imac Right, and so this, so that is the one change here is that this color combination of of Magic Keyboard does have Touch ID for the first time, uh, but 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 this is mostly, and then you get the braided USB C to Lightning cables with each accessory, which is very nice. Uh, so so that's why for me, like the things that I'll actually purchase, we'll talk about this later, I guess, is is that um, this display and these accessories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this display <laughs> I think is great. Like there, I don't think there's too much to like you know, super praise them about. They just did what we all wanted them to do. Take yeah, the stupid I mean, LG panel from the fire of the Ultrafine, put it in a nice enclosure, ship it. Thank you. Yeah, so so like you, you can complain about it. You can say, well, it's $600 more than Apple's previous display, but that was 10 years ago. But it's um, only $300 more than the Ultrafine. Sure. And, or, but then the other way you can look at it is, well, it's only, what, uh, $100, $200 less, $200 than, less. Than, than an iMac 27 inch that has the whole computer and everything built in. But, know, but, but we knew that was going to be the case. Yeah, like, that will be the case, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I think what's good here that you could, like, like some people could complain about too is, well, you don't, you don't get, uh, promotion 120 hertz refresh rate. You don't get mini LED. So it's not HDR. Correct. Um, you don't get, you know, it's 600 nits, not 
1200 or whatever you need for HDR. So, but those things for me would be a problem because they make it more expensive. My MacBook Air doesn't have 120 hertz, so I don't, I'm not used to working that way and, and it doesn't have mini LED. So again, I'm not used to working that way. So this is the perfect pairing for my Mac mini or MacBook Air. I mean, if you've got a MacBook Pro, there is some, you know, you, you give up some things for the price. Maybe there's a room for a, a middle price option between here and next DR. They're, they're um, definitely going to have a new display option, whether it's the, a second generation Pro Display XDR or something in between that offers 120 hertz. I, and, and it's more likely, I think, to be a second edition of XDR. We've done reporting over the weekend that we're seeing the equivalent of 7K resolution. Don't know if that's more dense than the same 32 inches or a bigger screen size option or what, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think they shouldn't go even bigger. Like, no, 32 is pretty big. enough. <laughs> yeah. You're getting into TV size when you go beyond that. But, um, yeah. But the, it's really hard for them to do 5K 120 because Thunderbolt maxes out at 5k 60 there isn't a bandwidth to do 5k 120 so when they do and but i do think they're going to do it but it will have to be some like super complicated custom connector situation and so it's going to be like expensive. Uh, like retina was originally right was it was in, it was only in the imac 27 inch mm-hmm. for for desktops and then they and that was internally they cabled two thunderbolt connectors i think two two, two cables at least yes they never they never bothered with a retina Thunderbolt display, uh, you know, and then and then once Thunderbolt improved, then it could be one cable with the LG display. So yeah, and, I th- and Thunderbolt five will support five K one twenty, but that's still like a few years away. So I'm sure for the intervening time, they would do something super custom using actually maybe using the A thirteen chip to actually do something interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, but that's going to be expensive. Like it's going to at least be. Three thousand, I'd expect, or twenty five hundred. You know, not fifteen ninety nine. And yeah, yes, for two hundred dollars more, they used to sell an entire computer. But <laughs> that's just the reality. I think the LG mediocre displays thirteen hundred. This is sixteen hundred. It's it's a decent Apple pricing. I'm not saying it's like value for money, but it's what it's basically in line with what we expected it was going to be for any reasonable number. They weren't going to do a, a nine ninety nine monitor, and there isn't any other option. Like, if you want a 5K monitor, you've got this, you've got the LG Ultrafine. That's the end of the list. And you, you probably have a used LG Ultrafine, too, because at this point, I think they're going away. Because, you know, they were originally marketed as like... You don't think they're going to sell them anymore? The Stock was out the other day. On the day, event, day of the event, they sold inventory. The next day, they didn't. Stock goes in and out on those things all the time anyway. But I don't... I don't know that they would. I don't think they would keep selling the 5K display from from LG for a little bit less than the studio display. Well, Apple might not sell it, but LG might keep selling. Well, and LG sold it, marketed. It. I mean, it was like Apple first, but also like Windows. Yeah. And, and they and I don't think they really pushed that much. And they also they have. I think LG has more success with like like 5K is like okay. Retina on on a Mac system at 27 inches because that's what it, you know the the PPI works out to be. But um, on on Windows, I don't think you have that same requirement. For, you know, you feel like the base the baselines to be a Retina resolution screen. Yeah, most um, people on Windows use 4K monitors, right? At, at any screen size, you know. Whereas on the Mac, you want like 24 is is the highest they've gone for 4K because beyond that, you're really going to limit PPI where it's not as crisp. Uh, and then I think that LG in marketing for Windows has more success with 
curved stuff, weird shapes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like not just the this is what's inside of a an, a Mac computer all in one, but but yeah. So if, if Apple if Apple customers are the primary customer for the Ultrafine, LG will stop selling the Ultrafine because all the Apple customers are going to go and buy the Studio Display instead. Yeah, yeah. And then the event kind of wrapped up yeah. with a surprise, a very rare Mac Pro tease. And this isn't a tease in the sense of like a sneak peek where we actually saw the hardware, because they've done that more frequently, right? For the iMac Pro, for the HomePod, for the Mac Pro, twice. <laughs> this was literally like John Turnus as he's wrapping up. He says, the uh, Mac Studio and the Apple Studio Display join the rest of our incredible Mac lineup with Apple Silicon, making our transition nearly complete with just one more product to go, Mac Pro. But that is for another day. And I, I tweeted it immediately. Did John just kill the 27-inch iMac? Mm-hmm. And and I liked that it was like, didn't say John Turner's or Apple event, and everyone knew what I was talking about because we're all watching. <laughs> and and that was before, like, the next thing I did was go to Apple.com and like, look for the 27-inch iMac, you know, and it wasn't there at all. And then I Google 27-inch iMac Apple, and there's, you know, the Google results are there, and you click it, and it goes to the 24-inch iMac page. And it's because they they didn't replace the 27-inch iMac Intel with a, with a Apple Silicon version, they just continued it in the same way that they took away, well, more aggressively than they took away the iMac Pro. That that sold out until inventory was gone. While supplies this, last, yeah. Yeah, this is just like, you've got to go to Best Buy if you want one. <laughs> like, there's not a new version, and, and it isn't teased, and so it's like, uh, <laughs> 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 what? And, and Mark Norman quickly followed up with you know his reporting that they're still working on a 27-inch iMac with Apple Silicon. Um, a, you know, maybe not this year, maybe next year. And and it seems like, okay, so from Apple's framing, they're not going to consider that as part of the transition being complete because they've done the iMac 24-inch, which doesn't replace 21.5-inch. I mean, they met in the middle with the size there. And with Mac Studio, they've got these high-end configurations that you could sort of take iMac to. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, I, the fact that... So if they didn't do a display, the studio display, then it'd be like, the iMac went away in that size. I guess they don't care about that anymore. It's like either the 24-inch iMac built-in or the XDR or you 5K LG, you know? Yeah. But because they did a 27-inch iMac or a display, not even a 24-inch one, you know? They, they have done that before, too, with the Apple displays, big and small. Um, then it, it, it seems like, well, they still care about that size. And, you know, iMac, all-in-one computer, that's pretty good. And they could make it cost more than the than the studio display. You know, they could start it out at two thousand dollars or more. Um, but but they didn't. But so it makes me think you know, it's it's weird. <laughs> they they still care about that size. They, but there's not an iMac of that size right now. You know. Why did they keep selling it for a year if they're just gonna get rid of it? <laughs> Maybe they didn't know they were gonna get rid of it like that. I wonder actually, it. like you because the the rumors behind the M1 times four, you know, the M1 Max times four, were pretty legit and yeah. were backed up by the previous three descriptions being dead on. But then obviously now it doesn't seem to be happening. I wonder if they were like thinking they were going to be able to do like an M1 Ultra iMac Pro or iMac, and then something happened and they figured that oh it's not going to fit in the enclosure or the temperature limits are wrong or we need you know we need to re-engineer the fans or something and so they've shelved it for the M2 generation so when it's time for them to do an M2 Ultra then the iMac 27 inch can make a comeback. I think too the iMac 27 inch if they 
bring it out at a much higher price point than and because it's all in one, you don't need to use a cable to connect it to a MacBook Pro. Then that's where you would look at a 120 hertz refresh rate, mm-hmm. and, and that's a more premium product than even the display on its own. Yeah, and that that makes different, you know, worth because because you know, like I said before, you had Retina 5K iMac when you never had until the LG a Retina external display for for that. Um, <laughs> we should point out Ming Chi Kuo, who has now become a Twitter leaker, <laughs> has said that, but he thinks that the iMac. And the Mac Pro won't arrive until 2023. Yeah, which doesn't meet the two-year transition as Apple set out for. But also, these are the edge case products, and I don't think anyone cares that it's not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Twenty-four month window. Yeah. yeah, I think the fact that they mentioned the Mac Pro today means they're going to show it off before the end of the year, even if it doesn't ship this year if they don't show it off for wwdc then i'd be very surprised because that's always the audience that they use for that or at least for 2013 and 2019 uh but what chip is the mac pro going to use if it's not going to use <laughs> the first m2 chip that they show will be the m2 ultra do you think they're going to start in the reverse <laughs> we'll go down from there yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the m2 13 inch MacBook pro comes out wwc as well and then they could sneak peek the mac pro there maybe yeah, or the I, or the Mac the Mac Minis like the Intel Mac Minis they could do an M2 Mac Mini for instance. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like it is because the two year transition when they did the transition from PowerPC to Intel they beat their timeline for two years by like a mile. But this yeah. time around it seems like they might they might miss and they've got some wonky remaining items to like. It doesn't feel like if the. Uh, now it's too late in the cycle for them to do an iMac this M1 Max just doesn't seem right you know like yeah. so it's going to feel like they're going to have to wait till the Pro Max Ultra revs of M2 are ready for them to do that which probably is 2023 yeah I mean we saw that with an Intel Xeon chip that gets very hot that Apple could do a cooling system that fits in a iMac enclosure it was way different than the iMac non-pro version, but they could make one that made it work. And like you never heard the fan in that thing. Um, well, like you said, maybe the 5K120 ProMotion stuff has held them up, for instance. And so they're not going to do a 27-inch until they can give it a super premium display that separates it and distinguishes it from the Apple Studio display. Yeah, and, and even with Apple Silicon, we see that they do need proper cooling in, in that, you know, to go from M1 Max to M1 Ultra, you gain two pounds of cooling system in the Mac Studio that... You know, with current cur- the current physics of everything, that it would it would be a much thicker uh, enclosure for the iMac 27 inch with 120 than the pseudo display is, or the iMac 24 inches. Yeah, it would be more like a old iMac 27 inch design, or it would be Ultra. like the Pro Display XDR, which is also like boxy, but bulky. Yeah. <laughs> not as pretty, not as pretty. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, they could do a 27 inch iMac that just had an M1 in it, right? And yeah. that could be super thin. But I think they've clearly shown that. The 27 is more for the professional market. Yeah. Now, price-wise, you, you can't say Mac Studio and Studio Display are the replacement because that's way more expensive than a, than a standalone 27-inch iMac with good performance. Yeah. Because um, I'm thinking if they did a, like a promotion iMac, it'd be like 2500 3000 you know? Yeah. Whereas the Mac Studio is 399 for the Ultra version or 2000 plus 
36. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, I mean it's it's almost four thousand for the for the the beginning studio and then the display and then it, even if you look at the uh, Mac Mini M1 for seven hundred dollars plus to display, that's still much more than than just the the iMac twenty seven inch. That was you know there was no bad spec of that if you're a consumer. Yeah. So there's it's pricier, you know, but <laughs> I have one more thing to say about the Mac Pro. So uh-huh. it could be we were just waiting for like next year and they have an M2 Ultra, but the Ultra is like a four by, you know, a two by two rather than just a, a doubling. Or yeah. maybe this is and this is unsubstantiated from no sourcing at all. We're not maybe even identify Mac apparently. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Mac Pro has like a completely separate chip it's so it's nothing so like they do the m2 m2 pro m2 max ultra but then the mac pro is like something completely different because they're going to accommodate modularity like pci slots external discrete graphics you know something like that which means they're not even going to bother including it in the family of m's it's going to be x or something completely different just just throwing it out there or no numerals and it's like mx forever Mm mm-hmm and it's no, like whatever, I think like, I don't yeah. you know that's not backed up by any reporting obviously but it's just as an idea it doesn't seem crazy because the needs and the design of the Mac Pro are very different from all of their other system on a chip systems right yeah. and the Mac Studio is like the epitome of the all in one no expandability at Apple Silicon but so clearly the Mac Pro is going to have some degree of swappability extra slots that kind of thing and so maybe they can't just slap the current architecture they've scaled up from the MacBook Air, they're going to need something completely different. So that's that why sense. it's coming later. That's my guess, or at least an idea. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to happen. Performance-wise, they're already blowing away these Xeon chips. But Yes, yeah, the it, Ultra it, chip is faster than any Mac Pro you can buy right now. Yeah, so the, the difference really is just the modularity of you know swapping out cards. Yeah, yes. I like, I like that. Cool, cool. Well, if, if they do that, you get full credit for it. <laughs> you heard it from 9 to 5 Mac. If you if they don't do that, um, there's no recording here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that was the event. Pretty good event. Pretty good event. And Better than know. we thought a week ago. Yep. Uh, what are you buying from this? I mean, despite being a pretty good event, I'm currently buying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you just bought a 16-inch proed out, maxed out Mac. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy with that. And here, I would buy an Apple Studio display. I will buy an Apple Studio display. The next time I'm like doing a new setup for the office, your, your priority is moving to a new place. First. Yeah, I'm currently yeah, eyeing to move to a new place, so it kind of doesn't really make sense to commit to a new external display setup. Like I might as well just keep using what I'm using at the moment. Like not as what in addition to the fact that you know I'm saving money or whatever. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I don't know quite know what my new office will look like. So do I want to commit to the t- the tilt stand, the visa mount, That's the Titan, fair, yeah. you know, the Titan how height one like. The next time I'm buying an external monitor, I'll buy an Apple Studio display for sure. Uh, yeah. But that time is not right now. I am not buying anything either for <laughs> savings reasons. Um, because I know that w- like whether it's here or elsewhere, the display is 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 the standard, and then the accommodation of the office is like built around the display. Um, and also, I know that I don't just want tilt, and I don't. Um, want just height for four hundred dollars? Height until for four hundred dollars. So uh, I have done these uh, amounts with the LG displays before, and I found that was actually a pretty good experience for me. I mean, in the product shots, 
not having an arm, it looks so basic and bare that it's not very appealing. But in practice, having displays on arms where I can like not just move it up and down or, you know, forward and backward, but like to the other side of the desk or like out of sight, you know, away from me when I'm doing something that's not the, the computer is very appealing to me. Um, the, the issue with that though is say, okay, you get the VESA option. What do you put it on that doesn't look like it's from LG, you know? And, and so I tweeted out, you know, does anybody make, um, basically an adequate arm for, for this display this you know and um someone sent a link to human scale which is a company i've not heard of but they make uh, a lot of like ergonomic accessories desks tables um they make a, a vc mount arm that looks pretty good uh I, i've sent it to a few people just to like get their opinions on it and they're like that looks really nice you know so I, th- I think that that human scale is what i will look at when considering what to mount this thing with because i do want to mount it and I don't want it to be a cheap mount. Like with the with the LG ones, I just got like the cheapest thing on Amazon because who cares, you know? But with this, I don't want it to be like an eyesore next to th- these nice products, you know? So, so, so that, I mean, that's the only thing from the, from the um, event too, you know, um, I'm sure I'll, I'm not even so certain I'll buy the, the accessories, uh, the mouse, keyboard, trackpad, mm-hmm. because I, I, like right now I'm using a USB mouse and keyboard and I'm and like kind of for ergonomics of, of what they are and I'm I'm perfectly happy with those. So and when I'm and then when I you know my MacBook Air I just use the built-in keyboard on it. I, I don't like using the built-in keyboard and trackpad when I'm using a second display because it's just the ergonomics aren't yeah, there. Yeah, ergonomics me. aren't great there. Yeah. Yeah. But then if I'm thinking about ergonomics, then neither are Apple's mouse and keyboard. That is true. <laughs> the trackpad is good, you know, for, for yeah. For, things that you need a trackpad for but um i think for me like the biggest thing i used trackpad for was was an, an editing audio to, to move left and right and, and and a timeline and even that i don't do anymore so 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 the only thing i'm definitely sold on here is the display and i'm so happy because they didn't do one that's out of my league and with you know would you get your nano texture yes yeah okay because you buy it once and you're done and i want that feature you know and high adjustability nope it would no. guess them out yep. good value okay yeah, which uh, price price wise, um, I haven't even, I haven't even considered like what is the price of one of these arms, but the it, it, they're they're not that bad. So M M two dot one is the name of the human scale uh, arm. That's you know the one that I would go with because this is for a single monitor and it costs three twenty six. Okay, so. so you're still beating the high adjustability <laughs> option. <laughs> yes, you are, and you can adjust the height and the tilt and the position, the location on your desk. So, yeah, still saving seventy five bucks there. So we yeah. are prospective Apple Studio display buyers. But yeah, and and that 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 still puts me um, in uh, in a satisfied MacBook Air customer for all my needs because this this you know it, it I was tipped by the MacBook Pro because it's got a better display, you know, but but. But also, like, this is a better display in the way that I care about, which is, like, you know, ergonomics and size for a desk environment, not just, like, the refresh rate and how pretty it is. Um, so th- this satisfies me in, like, getting more out of my MacBook Air than I would before. The only limiting thing is is also good because it's a cost-saving thing for now, which is that I can only connect this to one studio display. And I do like having side-by-side large displays for just having, like, none of my Windows you know, application windows stacked and having everything like yeah. in its place. And so I can't do that with the MacBook Air. That's the limiting factor. And so, but M2 probably solves that. Yeah, M2 MacBook Air. <laughs> that's, put that on your buying list. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, I, but I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm 
I'm still uh, really happy with the, with the value and, and and the use I'm getting out of the MacBook Air right now. So, yeah, good event, uh, good event. good event, yeah, good event. Next week I'll talk to you about the, uh, some of the, some 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 things that have happened outside of the event since last week. But that's for that's the story for next next uh, next episode, as 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 Turner says. And uh, just to round out the show, we're going right back to the beginning, as we were talking over this incredible two-hour marathon. Uh, the MLB have apparently tentatively signed a deal with the players, so there may be there may be games to watch. That Apple April. money came in handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's allocate that to end this thing. Yeah, <laughs> cool. All right, that is the Happy Hour podcast for this week. If you enjoy the show, if you're a new listener, please subscribe. Um, you can follow the podcast for free. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts for four ninety nine per month to get the ad free version. We appreciate everyone who does that and helps support us directly. We appreciate everyone who uh, supports our sponsors. That that keeps us going as well. Um, if you have any feedback for the show, you can email Benjamin and I together at happyhour at 9to5mac.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ApolloZach. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-Z-A-C. And Benjamin, you're on Twitter at B-Z-A-M-A-I. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.